Would you like to hear the story of how the Nutcracker got to be, well, the Nutcracker? Oh, yes. Yes, Godfather Drosselmeyer. Please tell me the story. Let's start at the castle. Castles are always fun. It's almost Christmas across the town as evening falls the snow drifts Hello and welcome to the Bad Princess Movie Podcast. This is the podcast that seeks to catalog all of the terrible movies about princesses and princesses to be. I am Christy and I'm here with my friend and co-host Brie. Hello. And we are here today to talk to you about The Nutcracker. Uh, Specifically, this is the Jet Lag production slash Good Times Entertainment version of the nutcracker which came out in 1995 yeah you gotta apparently there's approximately 1.5 million versions of the nutcracker so you have to (laughs) specify which one we're looking at on any given episode yeah exactly um so we have three episodes that are going to be coming out in the month of november and we figured that you know what We're going to spend all three of those episodes talking about different adaptations of the Nutcracker in what we are creatively calling Nutcracker November. Which is the opposite of No Nutcracker November. (laughs) Yeah, Brie was really pushing for No Nutcracker November last year. But, uh, Uh. you know, (laughs) we, we talked a bit about this last year when we covered the Nutcracker Prince, but... When it comes to Christmas movies that also involve princesses, the Nutcracker story is just, that's the one you always see. And so as a result, I have a ton of Nutcracker movies. And so the the Nutcracker November is going to be an effort for us to get through more of those movies while we can leave the the non-Nutcracker princess Christmas movies to December. (laughs) The very specific categories. Yeah, it's, it's, you have to ration those movies out because they are a little few and far between, whereas you could just throw a rock in the air and it'll probably land on a Nutcracker adaptation. You could probably do several months worth of Nutcracker, but we won't because it would be terrible. Yeah, no, we will just do, uh... Nutcracker November for as long as possible, only covering Nutcracker movies in the month of November. And then when we run out, we will do as Bree says, and we will have no Nutcracker <laughs> Sadly, we may not run out for a long time. Yeah, no, I we will get into it a bit more in the discussion, but yeah, again, I have I have too many versions of the Nutcracker. It's gonna be with with all these episodes, we're gonna have to do like you're when we do the summaries, they're just going to get shorter and shorter from you, I imagine, because it'll be like, it's exactly the same as the last one, except at this certain point, this happens instead. Well, you're going to see. Oh. We have a real smorgasbord planned for Oh, this Nutcracker November, the inaugural one. We're going all out. So oh, okay. Oh. This is going to be a, a, a journey for you on the <laughs> I'm looking forward to your reaction. Okay. Um, we're we're starting off with what is probably one of the more faithful adaptations of the Nutcracker. Um so like uh so for a bit more history on this one, as I mentioned, this is brought to us by Jet Lag Productions and Good Times Entertainment. 
Uh, Jet Lag Productions is an American-Japanese studio that previously worked on shows like The New Adventures of He-Man and Conan the Adventurer. <gasps> yeah, the yeah, New I Adventures see. of He-Man. Yes, that is, so uh, Brie knows what I'm talking about because this is specifically the 90s era reboot of He-Man. Um, and it's, I, we got into it for that i don't remember just just like a period of time where brie and i were just like super into this weird reboot of he-man i never um, i never finished watching it so i don't know if it if it's if it remains as buck wild and fun as it yeah. does in the beginning but like it was just before i moved out of like moved away from calgary and I, like we found it and we found it all on youtube and we're like <laughs> this is the most wild take on this <laughs> Skeletor has eyeballs. What is happening? It's so weird. I highly recommend looking it up on YouTube because it is just buck wild. I discovered my favorite He-Man character, that being Sagittar, the half-man, half-centaur man. Oh. (laughs) He's just, he's wonderful. He just, people look him up. He has, he has two torsos. (laughs) I don't know how else to describe it, but he's just like, it's, it's, it's please just go look up oh, Sagittar no. from He-Man. I forgot about Sagittar. I had wiped Sagittar from my mind. Oh, I oh, love boy. him. He's oh. just ridiculous. Um, but, but anyway. Anyway. <laughs> um, so Jetlag was approached by the Care Brothers of Good Times Entertainment, who were looking to replace Golden Films as the provider of their animated productions after those contracts had expired. So, beginning in 1994, Jetlag Productions produced 17 different films for Good Times Entertainment. So, this will definitely not be the last time you hear of them on our podcast, but I, I think, I feel like we're starting off with... With a pretty good representation of the jet lag good times classic era. It's, I was going to say, like, there's, there's bits of sort of strange animation in this one, but it also has that sort of, there's always that sort of like essence when it comes from a Japanese studio that you can kind of tell and you're like, oh, this is kind of charming. Like Mm -hmm. the style is kind of cute. Yeah, and it's, I, I have to admit to this one as well, is that I I have a bit of nostalgia for this film. This is one that I remember would show up every so often on YTV back in the day. I I don't think I ever, like, I probably did see it at one point, but I do not recall it. Yeah. I I don't know, this one is just... Like, there are definitely, there's, there's some things that I, I definitely laughed at, but for the most part, I, I kind of just find this one mostly charming. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty harmless and cute. Mm-hmm. It's, I... there's a lot of, so the one Nutcracker adaptation that I know super well in my heart is the one mm-hmm. we did last year. It's the Nutcracker Prince. And there's mm-hmm. definitely aspects of this one, and I need to familiarize myself with the the like actual nutcracker tale one of these days yeah because there's definitely parts in this where i was like is that seems really similar but they're both the nutcracker so i don't know if this is coming from the nutcracker prince or directly from the story so Uh, yeah 
that's I need to do that as well. I did find a PDF of a 1930s version of the Nutcracker story, which I'm not 100% sure. I'll have to get into that in the discussion. I'm not 100% sure if it was edited or altered in some way. Mm. Um, but there, I, I tried to skim it to at least get the gist of how much is similar versus how much is different. Um, but as I kind of mentioned, this take of the Nutcracker is... is the one I see regarded as the closest to, the most faithful to E.T.A. Hoffman's original story. Huh. Interesting. It, yeah. So it is, as as you mentioned too, though, I, I think the Nutcracker Prince, that one I feel like is the gold standard. And so it's probably good that we went, we saw that one first. Mm-hmm. Because now we could kind of compare these following Nutcracker stories to that. Yeah. It's, but that's also kind of why I want to make sure that I, I'm not like, well, that's just like the, <laughs> the one movie I really like. And not just, yeah. oh, that's just, that's literally just part of the original. The original, yeah, the original story. Nutcracker I... and the Mouse King story. I, I've seen so many of these these versions that I I think even without having read the original story, I think I get the general gist of it, or at least I hope so. Yeah. Oh, there's an aud there's an audible audiobook for it. Ooh, there we go. Yeah, I sh maybe I should have I should have read that. It's I, I'm gonna I, I should I should note while I'm probably going to be comparing this film a lot to the Nutcracker Prince, I I don't know, I guess it's I, I again I do want to acknowledge the Nutcracker Prince definitely changed up the story, but I think that one's a, going to be a good example of you don't have to have strict adherence to the source material for it to be a good movie. And in fact, I think it's it's good for a film Especially, you know, translating from a book to a film, I think there are some things that you have to cut and change in order to kind of, you know, manage that change from different mediums. What works in a book might not work in a movie. Oh, exactly. Like, you, there has to be room for, for, like, adjustments and interpretations and adding and subtracting different things. A, a, a story told in different mediums requires different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think it's more, I, I'm just, I don't want to, I don't know, I guess, I just imagine that there's probably Nutcracker purists out there who might yeah. like this version <laughs> purely because it is a bit closer to the original story. And it's like, I do, I do want to acknowledge that if that's why you like it, that's totally valid. But also, I do think there is, there is that merit to changing it up and telling, again, tailoring the story to a different medium or even just zhuzhing it up a little bit. Yeah, it... just artistic interpretations. Yeah. While maintaining the spirit of the thing. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. But uh, on that note, is it time, Brie, to go through the ludicrous speed summary of this version of The Nutcracker? Take us away, Christy. All Take right, here we go. The season of love, love and serene. 
film opens on a snowy Christmas Eve, where the Stalbum family has just settled into opening their Christmas gifts. Marie Stalbum and her little brother Fritz eagerly await the gifts their eccentric godfather Drosselmeyer has brought for them, which include an ugly wooden nutcracker. Immediately after, an overzealous Fritz manages to break the nutcracker's teeth. Marie vows to care for and protect the nutcracker, with Drosselmeyer promising to fix him for her. Just as Marie is putting away the nutcracker for the night, the wooden owl on the family's grandfather clock begins hooing. Much to Marie's confusion, the owl suddenly transforms into none other than Godfather Drosselmeyer. Godfather Drosselmeyer! How did you... What are you doing on the clock? A better question might be, what is the clock doing under me? Please come down. You're scaring me. If you think you're scared, you should see the view from up here. Marie doesn't have much time to react, however, as immediately after, an entire army of mice appear, led by the seven-headed mouse king. With a wave of his hand, Drosselmeyer brings the Nutcracker to life, who in turn convinces Fritz's army of wooden soldiers to face off against the Mouse King. The Mouse King and the Nutcracker battle, and the Mouse King soon gains the upper hand. The Mouse King shatters the Nutcracker's sword, but before he can deal the final blow, Marie throws her shoe at the Mouse King, knocking him away. Marie slips and falls during her throw, causing her to bump her head and pass out. The next morning, Marie wakes up in her bed, tended to by her mother. Marie tries to explain what happened, but no one believes her story. Soon after, Godfather Drosselmeyer enters, presenting to Marie the repaired nutcracker. Drosselmeyer congratulates Marie on her bravery against the Mouse King, and when Marie proclaims her love for the nutcracker in spite of his ugliness, Drosselmeyer is even more pleased. He proceeds to tell Marie the story of how the nutcracker came to be. Once upon a time, there was a wonderful castle in a wonderful kingdom. The king, queen, and baby Princess Perlipat lived in a castle that was overrun by mice. The king demanded that his royal clockmaker, a man who was also named Drosselmeyer, get to work inventing traps to catch the mice. Drosselmeyer did so, and eventually all of the mice in the castle were trapped and disposed of, all except for one, the Mouse Queen, Madame Mouserink. One night, Madame Mouserink appeared and declared that she would seek revenge by placing a curse on Pat. In response, the king ordered that six nursemaids, each with a cat on their lap, be present in Pat's room at all time to protect her from Madame Mouserink. For a while, this plan worked, but unfortunately, one night when all six nursemaids and all six cats had fallen to sleep, Mouserink snuck into Pat's room and placed her curse upon the baby princess. The once beautiful princess Pat was now hideously ugly. Thankfully, Drosselmeyer knew of a way to break the curse. A young man who had never shaved or worn boots must crack the Krakatuk nut with his teeth in front of Pat. The bad news is that the Krakatuk nuts are incredibly rare. By order of the king, Drosselmeyer set off on a worldwide journey, sailing the seas looking for a Krakatuk nut. Fifteen years pass, and Drosselmeyer returns home, feeling rather defeated. He happens to run into his cousin, who reveals that he just so happened to come into possession of a Krakatuk nut. Tell me, cousin, just when did you get this Krakatuk nut? It's just too funny. When did you get the nut? Oh, 15 years ago. <laughs> Isn't that too much? <laughs> Furthermore, his cousin has a young son who fulfills the other conditions of the spell. Drosselmeyer and his nephew were presented to the court. 
If he can free Pat from the curse, Drosselmeyer's nephew will be able to marry her and become a prince. The young man makes quick work of the nut, and in response, Pat is transformed into her true, beautiful self. Angered at this, Madame Mouserink appears, and she casts a curse on Drosselmeyer's nephew, turning him into a nutcracker. The nutcracker starts off as human-sized and topples over, killing Madame Mouserink before shrinking to doll size. The king, queen, and Pat all cruelly laugh at the transformed nutcracker, and shoo him and Drosselmeyer away. Drosselmeyer, wait! Listen to me! There's a way for the Nutcracker to not only return to normal, but to become a prince as well. I'm listening. He must kill the son of Madame Mouserink and win the love of a lady in spite of his ugliness. Oh, is that all? Back in her bedroom, Marie tells the Nutcracker that while Pearly Pat abandoned him, she'll always be there for him when he needs it. Time passes, and the next evening Marie wakes to find the inanimate Nutcracker being threatened by the Mouse King, who demands that Marie hand over all her Christmas candy or else he'll chew the Nutcracker to pieces. Marie does so, and the following night the Mouse King returns, this time demanding Marie's books and dresses. Running out of things to give the Mouse King, Marie speaks with the inanimate Nutcracker about her predicament. You've done enough already, Marie. You are alive! Alive and sad that you've given the Mouse King your things to save me. Oh, but I'd do anything to help you, Nutcracker. Then get me a sword so I can slay the Mouse King. I broke the one I had in the last battle. Using a sword that Marie borrows from her brother Fritz's toys, the Nutcracker then faces off against the Mouse King. After a fierce battle, the Nutcracker is victorious. The Nutcracker asks Marie to join him in his kingdom, and together they travel into Marie's wardrobe, where they soon find themselves in a wonderful world made of Christmas candy. The Nutcracker takes Marie to his home, the Marzipan Castle, where the two share a romantic dance. The next day, Marie wakes up in her bed at home. She excitedly tells her parents of her adventure with the Nutcracker, who believe that Marie simply dreamt it all. Right on cue, Godfather Drosselmeyer drops by and presents to the family his young nephew. Marie, you know who I am, don't you? But of course, you're a nutcracker. Well, I was the nutcracker, but you freed me. Come with me, precious Marie. Favor me with your hand, share my crown and my kingdom. Reign with me over Marzipan Castle, for now I am king there, and you shall be my queen. The film ends with fireworks erupting over the Marzipan Castle, with Marie and the human Nutcracker dancing happily together. to start with uh start with that start with the ending i yeah let's let's begin at the ending um all right what the is so um in the last okay not to go back to comparing to the nutcracker prince but no feel feel free i think (laughs) it's only natural that after we watch about um a bazillion of these that we're going to be comparing them directly to each other yeah yeah 
But in the end of yeah, yeah, in the end of the <laughs> Nutcracker Prince, um, it's sort of left up to interpretation. I guess it's still left up to interpretation in this one, but it, more so in Nutcracker Prince, it's sort of like, here's my nephew, uh, Hans. He uh, he is implied to have been the Nutcracker. Yeah. And they sort of, Clara and Hans meet each other, and it's like, oh, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's yes. that moment of recognition, recognition between them. Yeah, where she's like, that- hello, Nutcracker, and then it ends, and it's like, was it all a story? Like, what, what, mm-hmm. like, how, what's the deal? Well, even, even Clara in that version, she herself, like, she's asking Drosselmeyer, like, is this real? Like, I don't yeah. know what is going on. I have had this fantastical, fantastical journey that feels very real to me, but I do not know if it is. Yeah. And in, and in this version... And I guess just in general, this is, I don't, I don't think this is a spoiler, but typically adaptations of the Nutcracker follow that same, uh, th- that same thread where they tend to end after Marie and the Nutcracker meet in the real world. And the implication is that they remain in the real world and they, you know, they probably grow up and get married or whatever. Um, Cause these kids but- are like 12. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in this version of the Nutcracker, which again, this is pretty true to the original story, um, it's implied that Marie and the human Nutcracker return to the candy world and rule it as king and queen, which, yeah, it's just kind of confusing if yeah. does, does that actually happen? And if so, you know, like, how does that work? Like, does Marie just leave behind the yeah, human just- world? <laughs> Does she disappear from her from her human life and go and live with um yeah the prince slash king for the rest of their lives in a world made of candy? Yeah. Or is there is he a prince in the real world now too? I guess not, because then Drosselmeyer probably would have introduced him. I don't know. I this have is to... my, my nephew, um, no name who uh, is also a prince. Ta-da! Yeah, he doesn't have a name in this one. He's not, like, my nephew Hans. Mm-hmm. He's just my nephew who was the Nutcracker. Yeah. His name yeah. is Nutcracker still, I guess. <laughs> yeah. This is my this... nephew, Nutcracker. Yeah, this is just my nephew. He, it's, yeah, it, 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 I, which that's, that's, like, a thing in this version that I don't like, if we could get into that momentarily. Mm-hmm. Drosselmeyer doesn't really have much of a relationship with his nephew. And it's just, it's something that they do so well in the Nutcracker Prince because you believe that Drosselmeyer is genuinely upset when his nephew, when Hans is transformed into the Nutcracker. You believe that, that Drosselmeyer has engineered this whole situation with Clara to try and break the spell on his beloved nephew. Um, whereas he he meets him and takes him instantly to the castle and bobbity bobbity bop it it's done. Yeah. 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 It's it's done. It doesn't even feel like he knew his nephew at all. 
Because well, he wouldn't have. Because he's been gone for 15 years trying to find mm-hmm. the Krakatuk nut. Yeah. And this kid can't be more than 15 years old. So he met this kid who is his nephew and brought him to the castle to break the nut. And then he breaks the nut and gets turned into a, a nutcracker. And then I guess he has to go back to his cousin and be like, sorry about your son. Hey, bad news. Uh, Um, My bad. Ooh. So the whole plan was he was going to turn into a prince. Like he was going to be a prince. Um, Mm -hmm. I know that's why you let me take your son (laughs) with me to the castle. Uh... Yeah. Hey, oh, sorry. Um, did you did you like your son? Yeah. Uh, please, please say, please say no. Please say no. Please tell mm-hmm. me that you um yeah wouldn't mind if I take him off your hands for a while and go traveling. Yeah, traveling. Yeah. Your your fifteen year old son with the long pointy beard. Yeah, with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, his little yeah beard that you could spear a fish on it looks so silly because they're like oh it's a it's it's a man who's never shaved so instead of being like he's a young man that hasn't grown a beard yet they're like he's he's a a 13 year old boy with a giant evil looking spear beard yeah it just it looks it doesn't look yeah it looks like yeah. just the the child model, and then they just pasted a pointy beard on him. Yeah, like it looks like he's wearing a fake beard. Yeah, like just one good tug, and it'll just snap off his face. Well, because it's like it's also greased or or set into a point somehow. Yeah. Oh, <sighs> but yeah, it just feels like Drosselmeyer doesn't really have reason to. I don't know, it just, he, it again, doesn't feel like he cares about his nephew, and so as a result, it doesn't feel like he has reason to try and engineer this situation, I guess, other than maybe guilt, that he kind of brought this on his nephew, but if it is guilt, it just, it's never shown, and after Drosselmeyer has his moment where he tells Claire, uh, tells Marie the, 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 the background of the Nutcracker, he really doesn't play any other role in the story other than he, you know, he shows up the, at the end to present his nephew. Yeah. It's it's really bizarre. I just, I, yeah, I don't know. Nutcracker Prince, gold standard. Drosselmeyer <laughs> feels like more of a character in that one. Uh, Hans and Clara feel like more char- of a character. Like, they have internal motivations and they just feel real yeah well it's and it might be just a a a matter of like nutcracker prince is what an hour and a bit movie this one is this is a tight Mm -hmm. little 45 minute production this is yes this is meant for a one hour block on tv very good point yeah this this one as a result of the runtime, it does have to cut out quite a bit of character development, which is just kind of a shame. Yeah. 
I, I get why it has to happen, but it's, it's like, again, the Nutcracker Prince is like an example of how you could do this story so much justice. Yeah. And this is just sort of like, we got 45 minutes, baby, let's go. Yeah, let's go. We got to go from scene to scene. And, and again, they do capture the general spirit of the original story. And a lot Yeah, it's still like a cute little retelling. It's still yeah decent. It's just mm-hmm. we we started with one that was really, really good. So it's going to be hard for mm-hmm. for other ones to sort of live up to that, I guess. There, I mean... <laughs> the other oh i can't wait till you see the other movies that i have planned for oh, this month oh, oh, oh no <laughs> it's just it's all oh, no. downhill from here baby no we're on a crazy oh. carpet careening down a, a hill and we're gaining speed oh god not the crazy carpet those were the worst i know exactly oh god That's at least get thing. like the big plastic disc no it's crazy carpet or oh. or not and actually, it turned out it would usually be both. You would usually be halfway down the hill on a crazy carpet and then lose your grip or you would go sliding on <laughs> the rest of the way down the hill. <laughs> You're just sliding on your ass. Oh, God. My family actually had, when I was little, we had one, like one of the traditional like wooden toboggans. That thing was oh. great. It's like Body the dog. long wooden ones. Really nice. We, I don't think I don't think my parents have it anymore. We only had we were a crazy carpet family. <laughs> <That's> it. <laughs> they were so. I don't. I should. I don't know what percentage of of our listeners are outside of Canada or who have never known the joy of going down a hill on a crazy carpet. Um, oh, joy is a strong got, word. Yeah. No. Like I said, they usually it usually would not end well. <laughs> I mean, I guess, you know what? No, that's being unfair. As a child, that was a joy. Thinking about doing it now with my old busted body, I was like, yeah. no, <laughs> absolutely I, not. I just always remember, I was always so determined to make it down the entire hill while still on the crazy carpet. And, and I think like nine times out of ten, that didn't happen. Oh, no. God, no. Oh, They also had one, it was like a, it was this like teal plastic thing and it had like petals on it that you could like dig into the snow if you wanted to stop at the end of the hill oh no man there was some there was some technology in the 90s for your for your toboggan sled things i think think that's not that's not the way to do it the way to do it is to make sure that your run down that hill is as out of control and oh yeah (laughs) unstoppable if you go careening across the park uh, close to the roadway then you just you have to let you have to let it happen it's just it's what the hill wanted <laughs> so we'd always the 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 elementary school that i went to had a big ass hill in the yard at least it seemed like a big ass hill as a child if i went back there right now it's probably not that it was it's still a decent size but it was also there was there was the hill and then, like, a bit of field and then a fence, like a wire fence. So you couldn't go careening into traffic because past the fence, you will oh. go down another very small incline and into a very busy road. Okay. We, we, so my, my elementary school playground, uh, my elementary school playground, we, the hill was just facing the playground. So it was, it was parallel oh, to the no. main road. 
So it was always like, like it was, th that was the, oh no, is like, oh, are we getting too close to the playground? But it, it would usually, usually, again, usually you would be like falling off your, your crazy carpet before <laughs> you got anywhere close to smacking into the, the borders of the playground. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh, anyway. Anyways. Where were we? Um, Before the stripped down memory lane? Oh, God. All I could think of is crazy carpets. Um, but yeah, no, this, yeah, the, the, the other films we are going to be taking a look at. I, we, we did start with the best of the best, in my opinion. I don't, there's maybe one other film in my Nutcracker collection that I think is, is a decent enough movie. But even saying that, I don't think it comes as close to the level of polish that the Nutcracker Prince has. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so every other film is just going to be a step down. <laughs> I'm excited to see the different ways in which we, we experience this story. Yeah, it is actually, um, it's, it's funny because a lot of the films, they do tend, like, they do have their own unique identity. Um, mm -hmm. some for all the wrong reasons, but... Oh. I am looking I am looking forward to going through all of them with you. Yeah. I finally have reason to make somebody watch them all with me because this is this has been a conundrum that I have had since starting the Bad Princess movie thing is that there's only so many times you can make your friends watch <laughs> an adaptation of the Nutcracker. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh. Yeah, like uh, uh, yeah. unless unless it is very very different from other versions, it just feels weird to you know like, we've already just, seen this. Yeah, haven't haven't we already seen this? Yeah, so it's now we've we've built in an excuse to make you watch all of these. So I'm very excited. Oh, um, I'll do but, it so that no one else has to. Thank you. <laughs> on uh, uh. on. That note, I something I wanted to mention as a general Nutcracker thing is that throughout the various adaptations we're going to be watching, the name of the main character will typically swap between two different names. So in the original story and in this particular adaptation, the main character is named Marie. Mm -hmm. Well, in uh, other adaptations like the Nutcracker Prince, they use Clara. Um, huh. So... I actually, I was curious, and I went through all of my Nutcracker movies to see what the exact distribution was, and out of the ten movies that I currently own, the totals are six that use Clara, and two that use Marie, and then there's some oddballs that, uh, so there's one Mary, and there's an Anne, but I mean, obviously Clara is the one... That's, that's clearly the winner, despite not being the name of the character from the original story. Huh. Well, and I wonder what the timeline is for, for all of them, too. Because, like, Nutcracker Prince was 1990. Uh, mm -hmm. This is 1995, which is why I think, like, the, the design... I don't know also what designs are sort of um, carried over from... from prior like books or illustrations or anything like that for for a bunch of the characters but like the Drosselmeyer of this film looks very similar to the Drosselmeyer of of 
mm-hmm. Nutcracker Prince. So I'm like, yeah. is that a is that a we watched the the earlier movie and just kind of <laughs> copied yeah. their homework but changed it a little bit? Yeah, is this is this a mockbuster or is this just an adaptation? Yeah. Um I know at least some of the features like for instance Drosselmeyer has an eye patch and that is something from the I I believe it's from the original story. Mhm. Um so that's at least one thing that it's just like that's why you you usually see that is that that's just what his character had. Um based on what little I did skim through of the one adaptation I saw there there were some specific scenes in the that I remember seeing in the Nutcracker Prince that I actually I looked up um specifically in that that pdf I found uh like there's an early scene where Drosselmeyer uh presents to the kids a little clockwork castle that he's made yeah and and Fritz starts dunking on it, which is something that we we saw in the Nutcracker Prince as well. Oh yeah, um, and in this so one, I, yeah, and in this one. Um, so I actually I did look it up because that was that was what I was thinking too. Like, oh, is this was this copied from the Nutcracker Prince? And no, that one at least that scene is present in the uh, the book that I read. Huh. I imagine anyone who's actually familiar with the book is probably listening to us like, why don't they just read the book? They would know. I'm sorry. I listen, totally... Listen, listen, we're going to do it. <laughs> Eventually. Eventually. When it, is, when it is probably no longer pertinent to this podcast. When we yeah. have, you know, maybe like five years from now, when we're done looking at Nutcracker films, then I will get around to it. <laughs> when it is, you know, no longer relevant to anything I'm doing. Yeah. Get off my back. No, I, uh, I definitely, I intended to read through that PDF, but I just, I, the week got away from me, unfortunately. Sometimes when you're an adult with a job, you plan to do things and then you get to your end of the day and you're like, no. Yeah. Surprisingly, doing this podcast is not our full-time job. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's shocking. But, uh, mm. alas, oh God. if only, if only, um, I did, I, I did try and do a bit of research on the Clara versus Marie thing. And yeah. as far as I could tell, um, it, it might, it seems like, uh, so the, the French author, Alexandre Dumas did an adaptation of the Nutcracker and, oh. Along with making it a bit lighter in tone, it, it apparently he might have also changed the name from Marie to Clara. And, oh, interesting. And I've seen it that his specific adaptation was apparently the one that was the basis of the Tchaikovsky ballet. Oh. Um, I will I will put a big maybe over all of that um, because I was having it I have I was having a hard time trying to parse between the different versions of the Nutcracker, um, but yeah it, it I wasn't able to find something super conclusive but at least based on some of the articles that I read that's what it sounded like. Interesting. So I guess it's maybe it's the strength of the ballet itself like that's what people 
that's the that's the version of the Nutcracker that people are the most familiar with is the ballet. Yeah. And be and because that one uses Clara, that's what these filmed adaptations like to use as well. Oh, that would yep, that makes a lot of sense. That tracks. Uh, as, as an aside, I, I mentioned so that PDF version that I found. Um, so that that as I mentioned, that one was from 1930, and Oof. I don't know if there's something wrong with that PDF or if this was a <laughs> weird specific version. But in that one, the book ends right after Marie wakes up from her dream. So in at least in that PDF, Drosselmeyer's nephew doesn't show up at the end. Oh, so it's I, just, it's, it, it's extra ambiguous. Maybe. Again, I don't know if that was just like, did somebody screw something up when they were <laughs> transcribing oh, the book? But it was, it was weird. And I was almost like, oh, this, it's so, it changed the entire story. Yeah. It, you know? Without having that sort of like, that last, it's still ambiguous note, but like. Yeah. Without that, it's sort of like, what? Wait. Huh? What? Y- yeah. I, yeah, it was, it was very interesting. I, I lean to it being a mess up with the PDF, but maybe people in the ni- 1930s, they just decided that they didn't want that nonsense. Yeah. They were just like, this is fine way to end it. Yeah. We're fine with this. Yeah. We don't, we don't want, this is, we don't want this journey to Candyland shit. We want children to know that their dreams are just dreams. <laughs> no, you don't get to be a princess, Marie. Too bad. Let your dreams be dreams. The Let them crack- stay dreams. Nutcracker was just a nutcracker. The end. The end. <laughs> oh. Let's see. What What else do I have in my notes? Oh, the mice soldiers in this one are adorable. They're very cute. They all are. Even the Mouse King himself, he's, he's pretty got, cute. Like, it's such a... Because like, I know in the original story, that is one thing that uh, they stay true to. He has seven heads. Mm-hmm. So he's just like, he's one mouse body with like a circle, like a ring of heads. Yeah. But the design is still really cute on all the little heads. like, And all the little mouse soldiers are super adorable. Like, they're not menacing at all. They're just cuties. Yeah, like, you almost, you feel bad for them. You kind of want them to win. Yeah. They're they're just, like, cute little, cute little mices. I do, I really, I have to hand it to Jetlag that they went with the the seven-headed mouse king. Because you don't really see that in a lot of adaptations. Probably because it's a pain in the ass to animate. Yeah. And plus, it's just, it's a weird choice. I, I can only wonder why it was originally a seven-headed mouse. I imagine it was maybe based off of, have you ever heard of, of the real-life Rat Kings? Oh, yes. I sure We're, have. For our viewers who might not be in the know, it's basically that rats, you know, sometimes rats get stuck together because, like, their tails get twisted together. And so then... They just get stuck in a tangle, and that tangle of rats is called a rat king. I don't know if that's like a real thing that happens, but it I it does happen. Oh, I don't I don't know how 
how common it was or how common it is nowadays. Mm-hmm. I did recently see a man having to untangle two squirrels in a recent TikTok <laughs> video. <laughs> I guess, He'd... I mean, when you got a big long tail. Yeah, and and when you're just, you're wrestling together with a big bushy tail or a big long tail, you just, you kind of just get stuck sometimes. I, I guess. I, I don't quite understand it, but sure. Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah. yeah, that that makes sense that it would be sort of based on the the sort of idea of a rat king. Mm-hmm. It's just, I it's such a neat visual for a villain that I, I wish more adaptations did it. Yeah. Um, but I do understand why they would cut it out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Plus, it's like, this, this one handled it fairly well in that, like, it's a ring of heads on one pair of shoulders, but all the heads are kind of cute. Like, it's like, you're not really menaced by this thing. If you went a little too far... In any other direction, it'd be like, oh, no. Yeah. That's oh. horrifying. <laughs> oh, this is a nightmare. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. Like, imagine the Nutcracker Prince Mouse King, but with seven yeah. heads. That's fucking horrifying. Especially at the end when he is oh, just like... Oh, no. Oh, yeah, no. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, yeah. no. It's it was it is funny because they show all the mouse soldiers and when they show the the flashback to Princess Prillypat's origin thing, and mm. all the mice are in the castle. My first thought was, why are all the mice naked? Oh right, they're mice. I hate it. I, with when cartoons show little animals and they're wearing little clothes and then you see them again and they're nude and you're like, no, that's how they're supposed to be. It's the clothing ones that are weird. Yeah, it's like a weird like your brain was now your brain accepted that oh these these sh- they should be wearing clothing and it's a shock yeah. when they don't and you're like why are they all naked oh right well it, and it's weird too because uh, the mouse queen yeah like you see all the naked mice in the flashback and then the mouse queen wanders in and she's wearing a full gown she's wearing like a full gown and a necklace and a crown and a little earring she's very cute I all the mice her. in this movie are very cute. I love I oh. love the Mouse Queen particularly. She she's adorable and it's she also has an interesting moment because she basically gets to call out the king and queen for yeah. murdering the majority <laughs> of her family and subjects. She's like, I'm the Mouse Queen and I had a like you live here with your family. I had a family and now they're all gone. I used to have a family just like the two of you do. That is, until your traps took everyone from me. Oh, my. Oh, my. I'll give you something to oh, my about, sister. Like, you've killed my family. It's like, shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a quick little moment, but it cuts pretty deep. Like, you, you didn't even, up until that point, you didn't even really think about, oh, no, like the poor mice. You just, you see the mice overrunning the castle and, and you know, you kind of go, okay, yeah, I could see why the king and queen would want to deal with that. Yeah. Uh, but but then it, the mouse- it wasn't like a humane traps kind of thing back in uh, ye olden days. No, it, it wasn't. But then again, I think there was also more concern about, you know, plague. Yeah, that's animals. fair. <laughs> um, yeah, gonna get the black plague off. It. No, that was rats. 
so I thought I thought mice could also carry it too. probably actually you know what I think it was because it was not from the rats it was from the fleas on the rats so I, it was oh, probably my... mice as well yes right right uh, yeah the black plague now nowadays we don't have to worry so much about the black plague specifically um <laughs> there's other plagues but we don't yeah we don't need to get into that right now they're not spread yeah. by fleas at this point usually most of these plagues now i think yeah yeah so at least uh we can do more humane traps nowadays um yeah but yeah it's just it's an interesting moment because your sympathy kind of snaps to madame mouse rink for a little yeah. bit um it kind of goes away quickly because then she starts threatening a baby. Um, yeah, she does threaten a baby. But, but like, <laughs> can we talk? When she first casts the curse on this baby. <laughs> yeah. It's like this peaceful, serene, little adorable baby that's sleeping. And then she casts the curse and it starts crying, but it looks the same. Exactly the same. <laughs> it looks the same. It's like, And they're like, <gasps> she's hideous. It's like, um, that oh. still just looks like a regular little yeah. blonde baby. Like, I don't know. Not what? how babies look like? Yeah, yeah, that's what babies look like when they cry. Mm-hmm. And then when, when like, Drosselmeyer goes on his 15-year quest for a nut. Oh, <laughs> 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 no. Oh, we're children. Oh. Um, <laughs> when he comes back. Um, and they show her as, like, a 15-year-old girl. Her, like, she, it's such a weird design they've made for her, like, cursed form. Because she still just looks like a person. Yeah. Like, she, I don't know, like. Like, it, she doesn't, like, yeah, she's not traditionally beautiful, but, like, she doesn't look like, you know, like, the Nutcracker Prince, they made Pearly Pat, she had green skin, and she looked like a, like a, a, a Halloween witch with warts yeah. and a big, like, lizard-like tongue. Yeah, they, like, really, do- like, made her look cursed, whereas this yeah. one, she just sort of, like, looks like a person. Yeah. Just yeah. a, and it. And you know what's weird, too, is that, again, with the Nutcracker Prince, in that one, Pearly Pat was an adult who we saw her, she was beautiful, and then she was transformed into her ugly form, and then she was, you know, uh, the curse is broken. In this version, Pearly Pat was transformed as a baby, and so for 15 years, she's lived her life in her cursed state. So for her... That's her normal, like, her normal self. That's how she would know herself, and that's how yeah. everybody else would know her. Has has she grown up with her parents being like, oh, oh our precious daughter, you're so, you're so fucking ugly. Don't you worry, it's not your yeah. fault. You were you, cursed you, as a baby, but good yeah. good God, you're so hideous. You would have like, been that so sucks. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, that what the fuck? You tell that what? to your child? That's fucked up. Yeah, like it's it's wild to think about. She spends 15 years hating her face because everybody tells her that oh well you 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 would have been beautiful. You would have been beautiful if not for that mouse cursing you. What the fuck? For all they know, Madame Mouse Rink just was talking shit. <laughs> you know, the baby didn't change. 
Yeah. The baby looked like, the same. Like, how do you, that would have been great, actually. Madame Mouse Rink, like, comes in and she's like, I didn't even curse you, you idiot. You're just, that's <laughs> just your normal face. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, uh, another, th- uh, <laughs> when, okay. In the Nutcracker Prince, the whole thing is that she has to, he, like, the young man who's never worn boots and never shaved his face has to crack the nut, and then she yeah. eats the nut. Mm-hmm. She eats the nut that he's cracked open for her. In this one, it's not that she has to eat the nut. <laughs> she has to, he, like, cracks open the nut, and then he, like, turns to her and goes, like, Yeah, he And, blows- like, breathes magic fire over her. And then it transforms her back. It's oh, kind of okay. beautiful. This is kind of sick. All right. Yeah. It's much it's cooler like, than just eating the nut. It's honestly, yeah, it's, <laughs> I don't know, it's it's hilarious. He's just, he knows exactly what to do. I don't think that'd be me, you know? No. Yeah. He's just like, oh, I guess my mouth is full of magic and I'll just have to pew. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, I, can I just say, I love that special effect in old shows. Oh, yeah. I don't know how to describe it. I think it's just, like, they overlaid, like, actual glitter or something or Yeah. But it's just so magical. It looks so cool. So good. Oh. But then she, yeah, she gets, she gets breathed on by, by Drosselmeyer's nephew. And she, I, I. I have to point out in her transformation as she transforms into her beautiful self. Um, her animation shows that she grows a few inches when this happens, which as somebody who's on the shorter side, I can't help but feel like this is a dig at us short people. <laughs> like, excuse me. <laughs> Listen, I might have to use a stepladder to use all of the, the cabinets in my kitchen. Um, but, fuck you. <laughs> I, uh, I could be just as pretty if I wanted to. <laughs> I guess. Man. Uh, oh, oh, sorry. I'm doing the thing. Yeah. You know, you know how I do. I play it. On yeah. silent while we record. I yeah. forgot that when uh the nutcracker when Drosselmeyer's nephew takes the the like crack a crack a crack. nut in his yeah. mouth at the beginning. Oh he like yeah. does this weird tongue thing with it. Yeah. It's a <laughs> weird like close up profile view of him like, like r- using his undulating tongue to like yeah. rotate the nut in his mouth. Tonguing <laughs> the like, nut. What the fuck? Tonguing the nut so that it's per the perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's weird. Tonguing the nut. It's just <laughs> it's yeah, it's way too detailed and it's, it's just it's so weird. There's just such a weird little bit of animation they threw in there. Yeah, like why did you why did you take the time to add this in? Before this kid with his mouth full of only molars co- cracks open this. Oh fuck. This is <laughs> something about 
about the Nutcracker. Something about his design in this movie. Oh, it's... Mm. It's just kind of unnerving, and I don't know why. I don't don't particularly care for this one. It's something about... Like, he has big, giant, wide eyes, and his pupils are right in the center of them, so it gives him this really kind of crazed look. Yeah. And yeah. It, and like you said, they have they have the giant mouth and and they really emphasize his teeth, which it's kinda like, well duh, he's a nutcracker, that's what you do, but just something about it is just it's again, it's unnerving. Like I don't like, know. I'm trying to to think of what it kinda reminds me of. Cause I could swear it like it looks like something else. It looks like an old, like almost, you know, Woody from Toy Story. Oh, yeah. Um, Like that sort of era of cartoon that he's supposed to be referencing. Yeah, like the old, like, like Woody's Westerns, Woody's Roundup. Yeah, that kind of, I don't know. That's sort of what it gives me. Like a marionette or like a ventriloquist dummy kind of Yeah, look. yeah, yeah. It's like Slappy from Goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... It's, it's unsettling. Yeah, and it's it's funny because I guess it's kind of the point is that he's supposed to be weird looking because... It's, it's supposed to be this plot point that somebody has to fall in love with him in spite of his ugliness. But it just, I feel like there's a way to make a character be visually, you know, they're supposed to be not traditionally beautiful. You could do that, but still design them in the way that their features feel balanced and natural. And I don't think yeah. the Nutcracker achieves that. He just, there's no. something like forced about his face. There's something, it it does read almost like a horror movie marionette kind of, yeah, kinda yeah, deal. like like he's almost like, so like if somebody was mid scream and you took a photo, like that's what his oh, face looks like all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and, not. And, yeah, I don't prefer yeah. it. <laughs> no. There's and, a lot of decent designs, especially the mice in this film. Uh, like, most of the characters look decent. The Nutcracker, they missed the mark. They missed yeah. the mark on this one. There, I have to, I have to point out the scene, too, where, uh, Fritz breaks the Nutcracker's teeth. That, that, like, triggered something in my brain. That was a nope for me. It was yeah. just like the the loud snapping sound. Ugh, it was yeah. just I can't do that. Um, <laughs> just, and and yeah, no, no, thank you. I'm good. And it was probably based on how like I actually I not too long ago I actually had a dream where some oh, of no. my teeth snapped off in my mouth like they just broke. Oh, and you was, had one of those. Oh no. Yeah, and I was I I was. Stand. I'm in the dream. I was standing there with like my broken teeth in my hand, and I was just like, "What do I, what do I do?" Like, oh God! I snapped my teeth or in pieces, and it was just yeah. So seeing, seeing that Ugh. scene in this film, I was just like, "Oh my God, no!" <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I I have I have luckily not to my recollect recollection had a uh, a teeth fallen out dream. Yeah. Uh, but I know that that's like a common one for people to have, and I'm like, no thanks. I'm yeah. I'm good. Like not knock on fun wood here. I gotta don't. <laughs> I don't want that. Thanks. Every every so often I have them uh, because fun fact about me is that I clench my teeth when I sleep. So I oh, actually no. I have I sleep with a night guard, which is just like a like a well, it's like a sports night guard almost for your, yeah. for your teeth. So you don't grind them to dust while you sleep. Yeah, so that hopefully um, I have teeth to speak of ten years from now. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know. Just I uh, something about teeth that just I can't do it anymore. That's fair. It's unnerving. That's fair. Uh, but fun fun fact for you, Bree, is that as spooky as this Nutcracker's design is, he's not the worst thing we're going to see this month. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Ooh, get oh, ready. Christy. Oh, God. Oh. I can't wait. We're going to have this this first uh, Nutcracker November, and then you're probably, we're going to get to the that last movie, and you're going to tell me, no, I'm not doing this shit again. Never again. <laughs> You've ruined me. I cannot watch another Nutcracker film. <laughs> I know I only watched three, four, if you include last year. That's too yeah. much. Yeah, we've got, like I said, I've currently, I've got ten in my collection. I actually bought a few. Uh, oh my god. I bought a few in preparation for Nutcracker November. So we are going to be good for a couple of years. Oh. Get great. ready. Great. There are there are definitely more adaptations of the Nutcracker, but we are we are specifically just so you know, we are going to be taking a look at the ones that are like that have a narrative, not uh, cuz there's a lot of ones where they just film the ballet. I'm not going to oh, yeah. watch. I'm not going to make you watch a ballet. I mean, that would be really nice to, to watch, probably, but wouldn't spark a lot of discussion in the form for this podcast. No, I don't I don't think so. Because um, I, I don't know if you know anything about ballet, Brie, but I sure the hell don't. I don't know. I like ballet. I, the artistry and athleticism of ballet is fucking mm. buck wild. And Absolutely. I can appreciate the 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 skill and the talent and the artistry i don't know any of that technical stuff about ballet yeah no it would just be us going oh they danced real good oh they looked so pretty when they did the dance the music was lovely they did a spin and i loved it oh they held their whole fucking body on their toe tips and i hurt thinking about that yeah my my mom actually used to do ballet, and uh, she she, uh, she still can kind of go on point, but not uh, you know not not as good as in her heyday, obviously. Um, but yeah, it is it is just it requires so much balance that I I do not have. I am not my mother. I can't dance. Don't ask me. <laughs> I just I feel like I saw something recently. I think it was probably some YouTube video, and they were like, how do ballet dancers avoid ripping off their toenails? And they're like, we don't. And I'm like, yeah, Yeah, I can't. No, thank you. No, thanks. (gasps) I do not. I wish I had that level of dedication, um, but I like my toenails. Yeah, I like having those. Thanks. Yeah. 
<sighs> if something, if yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> Sorry to anyone uh, listening who heard that and cringed out of their skin. Oh, good. Uh, All right, let's go back to our let's go back to our Nutcracker notes. Yeah. Our All note right. cracker. Um. Fritz is a little shit. He's kind of great. <laughs> He's just sort of a little asshole in this movie. He but is. Like, I... It's it's good because she's like at one point uh, Marie has to go talk to him and she's like, "Hey, I need a sword because the Nutcracker's broke and he needs to defend himself against the Mouse King." And Fritz is like, "What the? F- uh, you're nuts, but." I may someday also need a favor. So here. Yeah. <laughs> here's, yeah very... here, here's a sword. It's like, all right. Mm. Thinking of the future, Fritz. Yeah. Very pragmatic, I guess. Yeah. Also. Well, and he, he, oh. he rags on Marie a bit at, uh, at the dinner table. Because Marie tries to tell her family about how the mouse yeah. king made her give up all her Christmas candy. And Fritz is just like, oh, you probably just ate it all. Yeah. <laughs> It's really, like, she's telling them all this story about the Mouse King and the Nutcracker and all this sort of stuff. And her parents are sort of looking at her like, mm, um. And then Drosselmeyer is also there and he's, like, encouraging her and, like, egging her on in this story. And can just, like, her parents are probably sitting there like, what the actual fuck are you doing, Drosselmeyer? Yeah. Like, what is your... Stop it! <laughs> Especially what are you doing? Be- especially because in the context of this movie, Marie, they found Marie laying unconscious on the floor after she hit her head. And, yeah. like- and they're now having to deal with her, like, telling, like, oh, no, I swear, I saw this, I saw a mouse with seven heads, and he threatened me and made me give him my candy. They're like, oh, our daughter has a head injury, oh. and Drosselmeyer's over here like, yes, tell me more about... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you sure did. <laughs> you sure did. You did this thing for sure, absolutely. Yeah. And wow. you're gonna marry a nutcracker. You're yeah. the only one who can save him, Marie, and her parents yeah. sitting there like, why are you doing this? Yeah, like, why did why did we make you their godfather? Yeah, this seems... we We've made a mistake. And yeah. Go. Yeah. <laughs> it is that's why that's that version that i read where the it, it seemingly ended after before the nutcracker as a human was revealed it because that scene then ends with a because that version ended with you know dress right after marie is trying to prove you know she's trying to get drosselmeyer to agree with her and drosselmeyer is just like nope I'd like seemingly agreeing with uh, her parents that it yeah. was all a dream, and then it ends. It's just like, oh, okay, this oh. is like the gaslighting of a little girl. Yeah, what? Uh, so oh. something that I need to point out because mm-hmm. I I don't know if I ever noticed this as a kid, but it really stuck out to me as an adult. Is uh, so I. I, I think our, our viewers might pick or our listeners might pick up on it because I'm going to put the clips in as usual. But the Nutcracker's voice significantly changes between. Oh, it sure does. In the flashback, he sounds like a, a, a normal adult man. 
And as the Nutcracker, he sounds like a normal adult man. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, (laughs) And then as at the end, he then sounds... I think they reuse Fritz's voice actor for him at the end. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a little weird. I was just going to say it it gets really weird cuz it's this like adult sized adult sounding man as this nutcracker being like Marie my love and you're like yeah bruh she's like 12 what are you um yikes yeah that's why i wonder if they ch- that's why i wonder if that's why at the end they have him speaking yeah. with fritz's voice because at least then they seem like they're the appropriate the age. same age, yeah. <laughs> but, but then it's also like, why didn't I like why not have that voice coming from the Nutcracker all of the time? I guess because he looks like an adult man. I I guess, but then it's like, <laughs> but then it's weird. Change, change the design. You Just have the power. The design. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like again, Hans and the Nutcracker Prince. They didn't like get like. Uh, macho man Randy Savage to voice the Nutcracker and then, and then <laughs> you know a, a two year old boy to voice Hans like they used they just found Kiefer Sutherland who had that, that nice youthful sounding voice and he oh, I and forgot he, that was Kiefer Sutherland yeah uh, yeah but it worked like the, the, I don't know why it's just so distracting and it's weird that the Nutcracker proposes marriage to clara using her brother's voice i don't know (laughs) it's just weird it's weird it's all it's it's also weird because he's like i'm the king now and you must you can come and be my queen and i'm still i'm looking at this i'm like these children are too young married yeah also sir where is your kingdom yeah where does you, you traveled through a sleeve in a jacket in a wardrobe <laughs> to get to your kingdom? How do you did, get back there now? That yeah, like is this again? Is this real at the end? How do they get? May, do they go into her wardrobe again to get to the? You know, maybe. And then Claire, uh, not Claire. Uh, Marie is never seen <laughs> by her family again. Yeah. I did like when they go into her wardrobe, into the jacket sleeve, there's a little ladder that comes down. Yeah. That's very adorable. It's very cute. She's in there and she's like, you have a a closet all your life and you never know that there's a portal in it or something like that. And you're like, ah, that's pretty funny. That's cute. Oh my God. So... In this Christmas candy land, whatever, there's mm-hmm. all these, like, cute little bears walking around playing instruments, and they're just, like, everyone's having a lovely time in this candy land snow, and then you see these fruit dudes, <laughs> and they're terrifying! <laughs> I hated them. I just had to bring that up, because they suck. They're so- they, I hate them. <laughs> the one, the, the one, aside from the Nutcracker, the one design in the film that you do not like. Uh, they're worse than the Nutcracker. Yeah. Do you know, do you remember the, the things that I'm talking about? I, I have to look it up. I mostly, I remember, like, the bear playing instruments. Oh, no, there, there's, like, a tower of these fucking fruit dudes. I'll send you a picture of it right now. We're going live on pod. I will oh. send you an image oh, of God. these horrible fruit dudes. Breaking news. Breaking news. 
here they are, Christy. I'm... Oh, oh, yeah, I do not... Oh, right, because that's when they're, like, going through all the sights of the Candyland. Yeah, there's these fucking fruit dudes, and they suck. <laughs> I hate looking at them. So, uh, Christy, wow. you'll have to put that up on the Twitter for everyone to see. Oh, my God. I <laughs> so recently... everyone else can hate looking at them, too. <laughs> I've recently started doing, uh, like, teaser teaser GIFs of before uh, we release each new oh. episode. Maybe maybe that'll be the GIF yeah. for this. <laughs> yeah, you may, you may have all already seen the horrible fruit dudes. Oh, goodness. They're beautiful. I hate them. Oh, I could go for some grapes. Not those grapes. I haven't had just a handful of grapes in a long time, actually. Grapes are fucking expensive. (laughs) Just so everybody knows. Are they? They are fucking expensive. I guess I just don't usually buy grapes. They're not my fruit of choice. Every so often I buy them, and every every time I forget how expensive they are until I get to the cashier. And then, you know, just, Jesus Christ, why? This is why oh. I don't eat don't eat fruit. Christy no. Vegetables. Christy no. Nuggets. <laughs> tater tots. Yeah, tater tater tots, chicken nuggets. Oh no. Uh. Oh gosh. <clears throat> Anyways. Anyway. I, I uh, What else is there to say about this b- <laughs> this adaptation? Buck wild adaptation. So, uh, I, I do have some stuff to go over regarding the voice cast. Oh, please, take us away. So, uh... I recognized a handful of them, and I was waiting. Uh, yeah. I'm sure you did. Uh, yeah, because there's, there's quite a few people, uh, who are familiar to us. Um, so first off, I have to mention that while I have seen some places list Marie as being voiced by Andrea Lipman who would go on to voice Pinkie Pie and Fluttershy in Generation 4 of My Little Pony. Oh. I'm I'm pretty sure that Marie is actually voiced by Kathleen Barr, who, yeah. as previously men- uh, mentioned in other episodes, voiced Dot Matrix in Yeah! Yeah, she I, did. I was actually, I was kind of doubting myself for a bit, but it, it sounds pretty much exactly like the voice that Ch- Kathleen Barr would use for Trixie in My Little Pony. Oh, the the great and powerful Trixie. What's she, she play? The, oh, yeah, man, I I definitely w- w- watched some of the early My Little Pony. Uh, y- yeah, I didn't I? Don't know if I ever actually made it to the great and powerful Trixie, but by virtue of being on the internet, I I am aware. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that Kathleen Barr voices Marie, and maybe Andrea Lipman voices Pearly Pat, not 100% sure. Oh, maybe. Um, but uh, Kathleen Barr is joined by Jesse Moss, who voices her little brother Fritz, and who also voiced Dot's little brother Enzo in Reunion. Hey! <laughs> he was Family actually, Reunion! Yeah, he was actually uh, one of, he was the first voice of Enzo, because of course Enzo being voiced by a younger dude, uh, they had to replace him a few times Uh, over the course of Reboot. Yeah, that makes sense. Because puberty's a bitch. Yep. Alas. And then uh, 
Michael Donovan was another one that stuck out to me. So he voices, uh, among other characters, the royal astronomer. Um, he also appeared on Reboot, where he played both Mike the TV and Fong. <gasps> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. Beautiful. And, and, f- and interesting enough, uh, Michael Donovan was also the voice director for The Nutcracker, and oh. he was also partially responsible for casting alongside BLT Productions. And this is another Reboot connection, as I found out. Uh BLT Productions was a Canadian production company that co-produced the first season of Reboot alongside Alliance and Mainframe. Oh, yeah. Amazing. I love that we can sprinkle Reboot and everything. Yeah, yeah, we can completely justify (laughs) talking about Reboot. (sighs) But um, these are not the only significant voice actors uh, however, but they are the few who I can match characters to their voices. Mm-hmm. The Nutcracker has a surprisingly long list of credited voice actors, but I can't really figure out where they appear in the film. So, for instance, there's Gary Chalk and oh. uh, Ian James Corlett also apparently oh. yeah, might appear in this adaptation of The Nutcracker. So, of course, Gary Chalk, we talked about him. Uh, he voiced Optimus Primal. Um and then we've talked about Ian James Corlett before, uh, voicing Glitch Bob and some other other characters in Reboot. <laughs> um, now, uh, the Canadian voice casting pool of the earth of the nineties. Yeah, yeah, really, eh? Um, Bless. Now, in total, there are thirty-one credited voice actors for the Nutcracker. Which, as a reminder for people, this was a 45-minute-long film. Um, So this was a little, like, weird to me. Because, especially back in those days, most of the times, if you did an animated production, you would try and hire as few people as you could and get them to voice multiple roles. It was just kind of the cheaper way to do things. Um... So with that in mind, I got a little suspicious, and out of curiosity, I ended up checking the credits for several other Good Time slash Jet Lag co-productions that came out around this time, and I found that when it came to the voice actors in the credits, uh, the exact same people were credited every time. Ah. This, by the way, includes Andrea Libman, whose name is misspelled in the credits as Andrianne Libman, so with an N at the end. Of course. So my guess is that at least when it come came to the voice cast, they just created a master list of all of the voice actors <laughs> for every production yeah. <laughs> and just reused it for every film, regardless of who was actually in that specific film. Oh, jeez. So that's that's... I, you know, I could be completely wrong, but that's my best guess, at least, for why there are so many names here, and it and I can't figure out where these people are. Like, you know, I can't, it just, it was driving me nuts. Like, I kept listening to it, and I was like, like, Gary Chalk, for instance, has a very recognizable voice. Yeah. I, like, I don't just think, like, straining your ears, like, where yeah. are you? I kept thinking, there's certain characters, there's certain lines in my head that I think of that kind of remind me of what they should sound like. And so in my head, I kept thinking, that's just Prime. <laughs> and I kept thinking that over and over, like, who sounds, okay, which one? That doesn't, no, that's Oops. not. It. 
That's not Gary Chalk. That's not Which one oh. of you are Prime? Yeah, no one was Prime. Uh, not who to are, my who ears. Who is Prime? Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's my best guess anyways. Some some kind of chicanery going on with the credits. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Anyone, anyone who's more familiar with some of the other voice actors, please feel free to have a listen to this film and let us know who you think is who. I'd be very curious to to get some of the other characters nailed down. I I kind of feel like Michael Donovan maybe voices a few other people aside from the royal astronomer. Mm. Um, like I think he. I I was trying to figure out like maybe he was also the Mouse King. Like, the Mouse King kind of has an oh, effect maybe. on his voice, and, and uh, kind of sounds like Mike TV, Mike the TV every so often. I'd have to listen again. Yeah. That's, yeah. It didn't stand out to me at the time, but yeah. re-listening re- re- again may may spark the recognition. It's, every so often, it's like a certain, how they handle a certain uh, sentence that gets you. Because mm-hmm. I, I... It took me a while to recognize Michael Donovan until he just had a line as the astronomer that was just nasally enough that it reminded <laughs> me of Mike the TV. And then it was like, oh, I know who oh, you are. There he is. I, I figured it out. I've, I've connected the two dots. I've, I've done that. I've done it. I've connected them. Ah. <laughs> oh. Well, is there anything else that you could think of for this one, Bree? Just about to say, do we have anything more to touch on for for Good Times Entertainment, the Nutcracker? I, I mean, I guess uh, if nothing else, it's a cute little film. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, it's harmless. Yeah, this is a good. Like, this isn't a film that I would seek out, you know? But no. if this was on TV, I would watch it. Yeah. Yeah, if like, it's, like, on YTV... I, it's probably not shown on YTV anymore, but, like, if it's yeah. if it was just a, a, a holiday special, a Christmas special that's on TV and you need something to sit your kids down in front of, yeah, it's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. It, it's yeah. serviceable. It and it actually yeah like you said like the animation is decent it's definitely it's nowhere near Disney level but it it works and there's actually some like fairly entertaining action scenes uh like we didn't oh. really talk about the the Nutcracker versus the the Ma- Mouse King <laughs> that was one thing okay just before we wrap when they're yeah. fighting the Mouse King. Yeah, and the Nutcracker lands the deciding blow against the Mouse King, and he explodes. <laughs> well, okay, it's an explosion. Here's the thing. Here's what uh-huh. came. To, here's what came to my mind. I don't know if you're you're a Highlander fan at all, Brie. The Highlander series. No. In the Highlander movies, uh, everybody has a sword, and you're all trying to behead the other immortals. Uh, to win to win the game and whenever they sword fight there's just electricity shooting out and sparks flying everywhere which that kind of happens in this film yeah yeah i mean yeah that they're just they're shooting out um they're shooting out those those big spikes of electricity and so at the end it's kind of like the nutcracker 
it, it's like the quickening happens, and I think that's why the Mouse <laughs> King explodes. <laughs> there can be only one. There, there can. You see, you kind of know High. You know the. I, I know vaguely of Highlander. Yeah, it's it's go watch Highlander now, and you'll see what I mean. That final oh battle God. is just all sparks flying. They literally <laughs> had electrical cables going up the actors' sleeves to attach oh them my to the God. swords so that they could spark. It's oh great. my God, that's wild. I, I should make you watch Highlander because those movies go <laughs> fucking downhill fast too. <laughs> oh. oh save it so for our next good. podcast oh my god yeah let's yeah yeah highlander podcast would be great oh my god add it to the podcast list <laughs> <laughs> but yeah there's you know there's some decent action moments i the because this is 45 minutes the plot goes along at a pretty good pace yeah so this is a good again this is a good filler movie if I had to, I'm still going to pick The Nutcracker Prince as my choice movie to watch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was beloved in my childhood, and it remains beloved to me now. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, before we go, Brie, I have a, I have uh-huh. a fun story to share with you. Um, uh-huh. So, I, I, I've been working from home for, you know, the last little bit. We've all... Uh, we have these regular meetings at my my work where everybody just kind of comes together to chit chat, just like team building stuff. Um, we recently hired some new people, and so they had us introduce ourselves in the team meeting and give three fun facts about ourselves. Um, uh huh. So my turn comes, and I, I mention a few things, and I mention. You know, I like to collect bad movies. Uh, specifically, I like to collect movies about princesses, and. While I'm doing this, you know, saying this, somebody in the team chat, uh, they googled the phrase bad princess movies, found my website, the blog, <laughs> and they posted it in chat, and they said, they posted the link in chat, and then they said, so this exists. <laughs> so, I, um, basically, I started to panic mentally. Because I try and keep this shit on the down low because it's very hard to explain to people. This is what I do as a hobby. Um, But I I panicked. I panicked because the website, of course, links to the podcast. And so I was like, oh, Oh. my God. Oh, my God. People. Not that, like, not that there's anything we said on the podcast that I think would get me in trouble. It's mostly it's just it's a weird, embarrassing side hobby. (laughs) Don't be embarrassed. I, this, I, it's the embarrassment of having spent so long chronically this shit, and also, it, I swear so much on the podcast. <laughs> compared, compared to normal work, where I'm usually able to rein the swears in. Um, so, they posted that, and then I, I, I basically, I should have just said nothing, but instead, Brie, I copped to it. I, I said, yep, that's my blog. <gasps> yeah. Hello and to anyone who's no. followed. <laughs> no, <laughs> this is Christy's I. This arc. is no, no, no. This is my open message to my coworkers. Should they be listening to this? Don't say anything to me. Just don't <laughs> tell me that you're listening. I can't. <laughs> I can't deal with that pressure. <laughs> tell me. Yeah. Tell me instead. 
Feel free to follow Brie on Twitter. At, yeah. Well, do you want to give your Twitter handle? Yeah, at, it's, uh, it's, well, you've already linked it on the Twitter anyway. It's at Wallabry. Yeah. Like yeah, Wallaby, you, but with B-R-I. Yeah. So come tell me. Tell me about how you're yeah. Christy's co-worker and listening to our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't, just keep me out of it. I can't deal with, <laughs> I can't deal with that. Oh my god, Brie, everybody was Looking someone in the asshole. eye in your in your day-to-day life knowing that they listen. Yeah. I already I already have friends that I've sent this to. I guess not coworkers. That's, that's fair. The that's the thing, is that you, that's you fair. probably you don't you want your coworkers. That's not the image. I have spent <laughs> so long carefully <gasps> cultivating the image to my coworkers that I am somebody who is like a trusted individual. Who, <laughs> You know, they can count oh. on when they need a job being done. And now it's like, I don't want that interrupted by, here's like, the I, I take off the mask and reveal that I'm just like some, like, major weirdo who, who spent so long trying to find princess movies to dunk on for the internet. <laughs> Look, everyone's got a hobby, and if, if you can't respect the, the princess movie hobby... Yeah. Hustle, or whatever. You know what? <sighs> Don't listen to the podcast. Why are you here? This is just like when my dad showed up unannounced one day, and I was hosting a movie night, and then I had all the decorations <laughs> up, and he was like, "You have some kind of medieval party?" I'm like, "I sure am, Dad. That's easy <laughs> to explain." <laughs> That requires way less explanation. Let's go with y- that. Yeah, let's go with that. Let's go with that, Dad. Oh my God. Oh, oh. God. Yeah. So that was my I. That was my adventure. Uh, that happened this week. Incredible. Was, yeah. So um, everything's gonna be deleted. Uh, oh yeah. I hope you all enjoyed the last. <laughs> yeah episode of the podcast because yeah. it's only going to be up for a few days and then Christy's going to just delete everything. Yeah, even though we just announced we're doing this month-long thing, actually it's all being deleted. Yeah, it's over. Join us at, like, the <laughs> other podcast, the the Bad Princess Movie podcast ho- hosted by um, not Christy and Brie. Blisty. Listy, oh, th- you know what? I do have a lean. There we go. <laughs> I said blisty, but uh, oh, listy works too. I don't know. <laughs> I just I put a b. Bristy, bristy. Hold on, let's play this. Um, bristy and Cree. There bristy, we go. Bristy, bro, bristy, banana fanofo fisty. Oh no. Fifa fisty, Christy. losing it it's uh, it's warm here too even though it's cold outside happy fall everyone (sighs) happy happy nutcracker november happy nutcracker november stay tuned tuned tune in next time for another nutcracker for another nutcracker that don't worry it's gonna be markedly different uh, then this one, uh, for all of all of those in the know, we're we're gonna be returning to our friends at Golden Films for uh, oh. 
their their very first foray into CGI animation. Oh. <laughs> oh boy. Look forward to that. Oh um, no. But uh, if you would like to look at some clips from this movie and some of the other movies we have profiled, feel free to follow us at Bad Princess MOV on Twitter. Um, you could also send us an email if you have any suggestions or a question or comment about the podcast, and you could do that at badprincessmovies at gmail.com. And if you would like to look up the catalog of Bad Princess Movies, the very same one that my coworkers found... Um, you could just go and look that up at badprincessmovies.com. <laughs> Except if you're one of my coworkers, in which case, stay away. Don't look. Do, at do not my, look. Do not look. I do not. Oh, my God. I had to field questions about how many movies I had. It was, oh, Christy. Uh, it was like, you know, like, uh, like in, in movies when, like, they turn on the light in a bad apartment and all these cockroaches scatter. That was like... like somebody shone somebody shone a light on this weird very niche hobby of mine and then it was just like oh oh i just want i just want to run god well that'll about do it for us folks that'll do it that'll do but uh yes thanks for tuning in we'll see we'll see We'll be back to crack your nut in two weeks. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, we gotta iron some of this shit out if we're gonna be doing this every year. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. See you next time. See you Bye. next time. Bye. Bye.